Welcome to the Naturopathic Life and Living Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Francis, where I'm going to be talking about all kinds of things underneath the sun, everything that has to do with life, living, and your healthcare. So today I want to talk about GI health. Yep, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about GI health. GI, of course, refers to gastrointestinal. So that's your gastric intestinal system, which is gastric refers to the stomach and intestinal is obvious. That's the intestines, right? But we have more than one type of intestine in our bowels, right? That's what those are called, our bowels. We have the duodenum, we have the jejunum, we have the ileum, okay? So we have the small intestines and then we have the large intestines, which of course has the little appendix off the bottom of it, right? As you go from the cecum, like the, the area where the small intestines attaches to the large intestines, that's where the appendix sticks off, okay? So that's down over there. So inside of our GI system, our GI tract, right? Because it's a pathway from one part down to the other. Technically, your food goes from your mouth all the way to your anus, right? So food comes in your mouth down your esophagus. That tube goes over to your stomach. Your stomach then goes into a tube, which starts the small intestines. So then you have those different intestines in there, right? Which then attaches or turns into, or however you want to think about it, the large intestine that goes up across your abdomen down the other side, kind of central to the middle. And then of course, that's where everything evacuates and comes out, right? Out the anus. There are different kinds of muscles in there. So we have muscles in our arms and legs, the skeletal muscles, but we also have what's called smooth muscle, which is what makes up the muscles in our organs. Those muscles have a a different kind of orientation and structure. They are overlaid in different orientations. So they're laying there in different directions. So that way it provides for that squishing, churning kind of feeling that happens when your food gets digested. So your stomach, they call it a J pouch. And it's just all of this tissue that squeezes back and forth in multiple directions. So that way the food that goes in there can get mushed around and pulverized until it turns liquidy. So that way it can come out. Now you also have your GI juices, right? Your gastric juices, which are all of your enzymes and the liquids in there that break down what that food is. So that way it can get better absorbed. And people that have problems with digestion experience problems with these enzymes and with the juices. So hydrochloric acid is in your stomach, which is an extremely, extremely potent, strong acid that is necessary to break down protein, food particles. Some people think that they have problems with their hydrochloric acid and they get told by their conventional doctors that they should just take Tums when actually the problem isn't that they have too much of those acids in there, they actually don't have enough. Part of the problem could be too, is that the lining in the stomach, which is a mucus kind of lining, so that way it protects the tissues because hydrochloric acid is very destructive. So we need to have that nice layer of mucus in there to protect the tissues. If something happens and that mucus layer, mucosal layer, that layer that is a goopy stuff right on the top of the inside of your stomach, if you don't have that layer there, then the enzymes in there, the hydrochloric acid that's in there, your tissues aren't protected from all of those fluids that are moving around inside your stomach. So then they can actually burn and eat away the tissues of your stomach, which then of course is an ulcer. Whenever anything then comes and touches that and then it burns and it hurts, which is why when people who have ulcers, they find that when they drink milk or some kind of a creamy product, then that helps coat it. So that way it soothes it. So that way it's not burning anymore because that provides that mucousy kind of layer 
here on the tissues. We first start off by saying, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but digestion actually starts in the mouth. And it's not just because you're chewing. When you eat the chewing process grinds stuff up, right? It chews it up. It makes it smaller. It's just the same thing as if you put it in a blender. So it pulverizes it, right? So the longer that you chew, the smaller that the particles get, the mushier they are because of all the saliva in your mouth. But you also have enzymes in your mouth, amylase and lipase that break down particles. They break down the carbs and the fats. So the carbohydrates get broken down from carbohydrate enzymes. So the longer that you chew something, the more easily it's going to be for your stomach to be able to digest digest it. And then the more nutrients that are going to be available from it, of course, you can't have more nutrients available than what are present in the food. So if you eat something, no matter how much you chew it, it's not going to make you have all kinds of nutrients once it gets into your intestines, right? Where it gets absorbed. You put something in your mouth. Well, technically you don't even have to put it in your mouth first. You can just smell it or have an idea about the concept of smelling it. And already your mouth will start watering. Your system is getting prepared to be able to have that food. So it's starting to digest digestive process just because your mind knows that you're going to be eating something. You can smell something and your mouth starts watering already. You're drooling because, oh my gosh, you want to eat that. Your body is already preparing you to be able to have it. So then once you actually eat it, once you're putting it in your mouth and you start chewing on it, then you've already got all those enzymes rushing to there that helps break down those carbohydrates because once you get the food down into your stomach, your stomach is going to be working on all of those proteins and the fats. The digestive process for your carbs is going to be in your mouth. So you're enzymes are in your mouth for your carbs and they're in your stomach for your proteins and the fats. Once all of that gets mushed around and it's turning and it's turning and it's squishing and all of that stuff turns to chyme. It turns to C-H-Y-M-E, chyme. The mushy, squishy, liquidy kind of stuff that is in your stomach. So then once that process is done, then the little doorway which is called a sphincter opens up from your stomach into your duodenum or some people call it a duodenum, the beginning of your small intestines where all those liquids now that are in your stomach, which is partial food digestion, right? So it's all squished up liquidy. So that way when it goes into the small intestine, then the pancreas can put some more enzymes in there to be able to process that digestive enzymes. It deals with your sugars. It deals with your carbs, carbs or sugars, right? So then you've got all of that working in there. It moves down through your body from your liver. You've got all these things, your bile acids coming from your gallbladder. So all these different things and all these different processes are coming through and in there, which of course is just a little bit off-centered from the middle of your abdomen at the top underneath your rib cage. Your small intestine is a very, very long tube with a couple of different names, like I've already said. All of your liquids and all of your enzymes and everything move along in there. Those smooth muscles are in your intestines and they help move it along. That's a process called peristalsis. And some people are actually aware of the peristalsis happening. Some people are sensitive enough to their bodies that they actually feel this moving. If you have too much to eat where you didn't chew it that much or you have a lot of white bread kind of products, then you might actually feel this stuckness, this stuffedness, this fullness of, oh my gosh, and it's moving through there and it just hurts. You can actually feel it or a very slow digestion where it feels like you have to help push it from the outside to help get it through or, or something like that. Okay. Depending on how sensitive people are, they actually feel that. Depending on the size of your body, depending on how much adiposity you have, depending on how slender you might be or not, it's actually 
actually possible to actually see that moving sometimes if you're thin enough where you can actually see that. And I don't mean thin like cachexic, like somebody is dying. However, bulges on bodies like that, you can see more. I'm not talking about something the size of a fist. I'm just saying that you can feel it. It's something that's palpable. It's something that's there. The more that this gets processed, then that's when it turns into your poop. The food that's going down there, your body is adding chemicals to it, pulling out the water. That's what happens in the intestines is that chemicals get added to the food to help process it. So that way it can be digested. It goes through the small intestine where those nutrients get absorbed and pulled out through the water. When it goes into the large intestine, it pretty much is just squished more, pushed through so that way it could come out the end. A lot of times we ask when people come in for a naturopathic medical appointment, we ask them, how's your poop? How often do you poop? How many times do you go? What's it like? There's something we call the Bristol scale. If you want to check it out online, it's Bristol, B-R-I-S-T-O-L. The Bristol scale shows different kinds of poops. It starts with level one, like little tiny hard little pebbles, kind of like what you might think of with rabbit's poop. However, rabbits can't pass gas. They can't fart. So when they have GI problems due to digestive issues, it literally will kill them. Yeah. So that's a problem. If you hear all that gurgling in your bunnies, they can't release that gas. It will kill them. So make sure if that happens, you keep an eye on that. I'm not a veterinarian, but I do know that part. And then of course, what is all that gas? What does that mean? Well, it's fermenting food. It's methane byproduct. So here's an example. If you're eating something, it's going to take however long it's going to take to be able to mush and squish around in your stomach, right? Well, depending on what kind of food it is, it takes a different amount of time to do it. So if you are, let's say, drinking a smoothie that is pretty much already pulverized, and even if the only thing that's in there is fruits and vegetables with some water, you're drinking it down, it's not going to take very much mushing and squishing to get that liquefied to push it out through into the duodenum, right? But if you're eating, say, a thick steak that's got a lot of gristle on it, I don't recommend that, but if you're eating a thick steak that has a lot of gristle on it, then it's going to take a while. You got to chew it, but once you swallow it, you've still got some big chunks of it in there that your smooth muscles and your stomach are going to have to squish around to mush that up to be able to allow it to go through. So your body has to take time to be able to break that protein down before it can push it through. So that's going to be delayed emptying when you have proteins to be able to digest. So if you eat proteins and you eat fruit at the same time, then that's going to cause a problem because your stomach isn't going to stop digesting that food because it still has to mush up that meat. But if you have fruit with it, that's already been mushed up. It's going to have to sit in there and it's going to be mushed around more and more and more. The longer that it stays in the stomach before it can be released, the more it's going to ferment, the more it's going to start to go bad. If you think about it, like in the fresh air, the fruit is going to go bad a lot faster than the meat just sitting out. It degrades faster. So that's going to be producing those gases. That's going to give you an upset stomach. That's going to interfere with being able to digest your food and have it go through the process in a simple format and a simple way. So there are a lot of people who talk about not mixing their foods. And I know when I was little, I used to get yelled at all the time because my family thought it was very frustrating because I didn't like mixing foods when I ate them. I would eat all of one kind of food and then sit and wait and have conversations at the dinner table before I would move on to the other type of food. And they found that to be very frustrating because I always took a while to be able to eat and got accused of talking too much, if you can imagine that. There are reasons why our bodies process the things that we do. Everything takes time. There's a time for everything. There's a time to, to process and digest fruit. There's a time that digests and processes meats. They do not operate the same way. So they don't take the same amount of time to be able to do that. Once everything is mushy and squishy and liquidy, like I said, and it goes into the small intestines and your body starts absorbing all of that. Now, part of the problem that works with the functionality and the efficiency of digestion taking place is all of the emotions because there's the vagus nerve that goes straight through the digestive system and there are branches of it that go to the different 
different organs in order to be able to get the electrical signals to be able to control and monitor how everything works, how all of those muscles work in the stomach through the digestive system. The brain is actually operating how that is. And it's a two-way system. It's not just one way or the other. Emotions are actually chemical neurotransmitters in the body that get moved around and your body works off of those chemical communications. So depending on how you feel, it affects how your body digests food, which then the foods that you're eating also require different kinds of things to break them down. So in the intestinal tract, we have a whole bunch of bacteria or gut bacteria. So I don't know if you've heard, but essentially you have more microbiota, you have more bacteria in your gut than you do have the total amount of human cells of you throughout your whole entire being. So technically we are more bacteria than we are people, right? If you think about it that way, we're actually symbiotic. We need bacteria in our gut to be able to digest our food. That's what breaks our foods down. That's what we need in order to be able to digest our food, which is how we even get some of our nutrients. We get our nutrients through the gut, like vitamin K. We don't have vitamin K when we're born. We get vitamin K afterwards because it gets produced from the bacteria in our gut. Okay, So if we don't have the right bacteria to break down and eat the food particles that are all mushy and squishy, once that stuff gets down to their local area in the intestines, then we're not going to be able to digest our foods. And the types of foods that you have, since they require certain kinds of bacteria, when you eat the right kinds of food, then you'll have the right kind of bacteria in your gut. When you eat the wrong kinds of food, it's going to promote the growth of the wrong kinds of bacteria. So unhealthy bacteria. Thing is, is that you have that bacteria in your gut. You have neurotransmitters in your gut, which control your emotions, which are your cravings, right? So when you have this unhealthy bacteria in your gut, they want to have the food that they need to digest. They don't digest healthy food. They digest crap food is what I call it. So they need to have crap food in order to be able to survive. If you eat crap food, then they'll be happy. And then they just want more and more and more of it. If you stop eating crap food, then they starve. They're going to be sending out all of their chemical impulses that they're hungry. So you start getting these cravings because you're hungry, but it's not technically you that's hungry. It's the bacteria in your gut that you're not feeding correctly and appropriately because they're about ready to die because they can't process and digest healthy food. But that's okay because those kinds of bacteria aren't the best for your health. Promote healthy gut bacteria. Eat the healthier foods, those fruits and those vegetables. Make sure you chew your food very well before you swallow it so that we have every opportunity to be able to digest those foods, to be able to take out the nutrients. And then the stuff that's left over, like the cellulose, like fiber that can't break down, that we don't digest because we don't have that, but it helps clean out our system and brings everything through. It's kind of like a like a bottle scrubber, right? Like a brush that cleans your intestines through as it goes down, kind of wiping the sides, clearing everything out. And if you don't get enough fiber, then you're not going to clean out your intestines very well. You're not going to have good poop. So going back to that scale, it ranges from little tiny ball pebble poops all the way up to like liquidy poop. And somewhere in the middle, if you look up that chart, is like a nice, long, sausagey kind of not super hard, pliable, I'll say at least looking pliable. Because I don't know how many people actually dig into the toilet and feel what that feels like. Kind of ew, gross, right? Yeah. You can tell when you look at it. Some people get up and don't even like looking in there. But seriously, when you go to the naturopathic doctor and they ask you how your poop is, you need to be able to let them know what it looks like, how often you go, whether it's difficult to pass, whether it's mushy, whether you clean very easily or not afterwards, and if there's anything in it. If you have pieces of food in there, if you have blood in there, if you have mucus in there, it tells a naturopathic doctor a lot of information about the health of your gut, about the health of your GI tract. Make sure you pay attention to that. Make sure you keep your gut healthy 
healthy and clean, eating good fiber, and make sure that you're not mixing your fruit with your proteins because that makes a difference too. Probably the most important thing of everything that I'm trying to point out today, really grasp a hold of to really, really get. Your digestive issues have more to do with your emotions and what you think about and how you feel about them than the food that you're eating in a way. I mean, your food makes a difference, but there's all different kinds of foods for all different kinds of reasons that benefit your health. If you can't digest your food because your emotions are too stressed out and you're going like a pendulum from anxiety to depression, your body's not going to be able to digest that. So any kind of gut issue like IBS or Crohn's or you name it, you need to focus on your emotions and how you associate your relationship with food to the relationship that you have with the relationships in your life and in your past, because all that stuff pretty much stems from childhood issues around family and food. Also, when you go to a conventional doctor and they give you antibiotics for stuff, because whenever people are sick, they expect to have antibiotics. The problem is antibiotics only work on bacteria. It's antibiotics. So like the microbiota, that's bacteria. Antibiotics kill bacteria. If you're sick and you have a virus, taking an antibiotic is not going to help you, but that is pretty much protocol in a lot of ERs. It's just to hand out antibiotics whenever people are sick. Keep it in mind is if you're sick with a virus and they give you an antibiotic, then you're killing off the microbiota in your body, which means that it doesn't make a difference. It's not bacteria specific. Like it's not going to say, hmm, you're the good bacteria, you're the bad bacteria. I'm going to leave the good bacteria here and just kill off the bad bacteria. It will destroy all of the bacteria. So if you've been on a lot of rounds of antibiotics, then your microbiota has been blown out. Yeah, just different things to keep in mind. Eat good foods, replenish your microbiota with good foods. And yeah, you're going to have to deal with your emotions so that way you can process everything. Because if you can't deal with shit, well, what does that mean? Your shit is that food stuff that's been processed that you poop out, right? But your shit is also your crap. Same words. It's your stuff. It's the emotional issues. It's the drama that you can't handle. We use the same words to describe different things when in actuality on a deeper level, it means the same exact thing. It's a lot of stuff going on, but I'm just looking out for your health. All right, guys, that's it for today. All right, everybody, that ends our episode for today. I hope you were able to get some helpful information to be able to live more naturally. So if you like what I had to say today and you found it beneficial or helpful, please go ahead and share. And if there's anything going on where you need to find a naturopathic doctor or for any reason you need somebody to talk to, please go ahead and call me at 586-405-7618. I give a free 15-minute consult to see how well we'll work together. Or you can find me online at canassist.me. That's C-A-N-N-A-S-S-I-S. This is Dr. Francis saying enjoy, have fun, and until next time.